0: Hi, I'm Azure Ashby, CPA and creator of the Love Then Money Institute. Each week, I will bring you inside the life of a real couple and their relationship with money in order to help you and your partner master your own relationship with money. We can no longer rely on the taboo of money to justify our avoidance. And we can no longer change the topic when things get real. I believe it's time we take our financial future by the reins and take control of the money conversation. And we do that by actually having the conversation. So get ready to listen, relate, and be inspired to achieve your financial dreams together. Because you know what they say, first comes love, then comes money. So let's do this. Welcome back. Matthew and Leslie are different types of people when it comes to money. In a lot of ways, this couple has an opposites attract kind of love story. It's a classic, like a cheesy romantic comedy. The pair started dating after mutual friends set them up in New York City. Matthew was a bit of a penny pincher and Leslie enjoyed having fun dates and getting her nails done every so often. They're both on their own and so their money tendencies didn't affect each other. And although they're married now. And have three children together and have a great marriage. Life isn't a movie, right? Nothing's perfect. And they aren't characters in a rom com. They're real people, they're complicated, and they have reasons for the ways they think and act in their relationship and a relationship to money. So this was the focus of our session today. So how did you guys find the homework? I liked it. It's kind of
1: like therapy, like I was saying before. You know, it's a workout stuff that you haven't worked out before yet. Yeah, I cool. haven't really thought about.
2: Yeah. Right, right, right. It was good. I didn't read Leslie's, but I think she peeked into mine. Oh, so. I definitely
1: <laughs> peeked into his because he hadn't finished anything. <laughs> and we go back and redo. But I didn't, and I didn't like his gratitudes.
0: Before we could get into sharing what the two wrote for their assignments, we needed to go over some ground rules. First, I kind of wanted to do the like rules for sharing. Um, so, and I think you guys are fine, but, you know, just as a, a little bit of a kind of i don't know reminder heads up whatever um so when the other person is sharing like even if it's something that you feel defensive about or feel like you need to kind of rebut or talk about um just wait until the other person is done and then you know we'll kind of you'll have your time to kind of say okay here's how i feel um but really the key is like, you know, nobody is really to like blame for anything. And I think a lot of times like our, our blame detectors go off and we feel like, okay, um, this person's blaming me for something when in actuality they're not, we're just being defensive. And so it's kind of listening with like love talking with love. And um, so, you know, kind of before we get started with the next few weeks or whatever, I think it's good to keep in mind um, to, to kind of just, um, listen like with an open mind and an open heart and try to understand where the other person is coming from when they're saying what they're saying. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. First, I wanted to get an understanding of their current feelings towards their present money situation. You both selected insecure and determined as um, two of your emotions. Matthew, your others were frustrated, proud, happy, satisfied, comfortable, insecure, content, uh, determined, I already said, motivated, worried, excited, and nervous. And then Leslie, yours were overwhelmed, annoyed, resentful, hopeful, scared, insecure, determined, tense, trapped, and envious. So my first
1: and that is maybe a bit all over the place so for me it was it was where we are now not where i come from um it was how i feel yep. currently in, in our in, in our marriage not in our marriage in our money part of our marriage
2: yeah mm-hmm. i think my emotions it's mm-hmm. definitely here and now but it's also i'd say the i'd say holistic like past five or ten years or so i mean money very much emotionally has been as you've seen my the things that i highlighted um, uh, it's kind of like the deck on high, the pluses and minuses. Like there's times where it's, I'm very excited, but times I'm very anxious and it goes back and forth and, um, very rarely is it stable. It was just one, um, it's always in motion and flowing.
1: It's funny. Cause I never mm-hmm. see the positive side of Matthew's view of money. I only see the anxious side. I I thought Matthews would be all much more negative than mine was. So I'm really surprised to see that he has any positive associations with it.
0: So even though Leslie might have peeked at Matthews' answers beforehand, they were already learning more about one another. And that only scratches the surface. Okay, so the next question was, if you had to pick one you could eliminate, which one would it be?
2: Pick one. Pick one what? Emotion.
0: Yeah, one emotion that you you could eliminate. Like, you wouldn't have to feel that way about money. What would it be? Mine would be anxious. Okay. Okay,
1: for sure.
2: I don't remember. Um...
0: So you had frustrated, proud, happy, satisfied, comfortable, insecure, content, determined, motivated, worried, excited, nervous.
2: I'd say nervous, probably.
0: These limiting beliefs are what they sound like. They limit you from what you want to achieve. In their assignment, I asked the couple, limiting beliefs aside, what their ideal financial visions look like. This is Leslie's. I envision a financial future that allows us to lead comfortable lives. Our home will be clean and organized. A housekeeper will come once a week. Furniture and other household items are replaced as needed and always look up to date. If something breaks, we can afford to fix or replace it. Household chores such as gardening and repainting can be outsourced so that we can enjoy our weekends. We are able to go on one to two vacations a year. As the children get older, one of those vacations will be just the two of us. We will vacation on a budget but be able to stay in comfortable places. I can get my nails done every few weeks, join whatever gym I want, and buy a few items of clothing every season. We will be able to take the kids to movies or do other fun Sunday activities without it affecting our standard of living. The children will be able to make up whatever after school activities they desire or take up. Sorry, Um, this will have a positive effect on our relationships with others because we will be able to go out more often and not worry about money. It will have a positive effect on our relationship with each other because Matthew won't be so worried about money all the time. Matthew, how do you feel about the, her vision for the future?
2: I mean, definitely it makes sense. We've spoke about this a number of times. Um, the, the challenge I think that we're having with her vision is how do we pay for all that and do everything at once? And that's, that's the one thing I'm trying to wrap my head around. And that's, that's, it's, and I'm trying
1: to, I'm trying to have him wrap his head around the fact that we can pay for my vision that that we, we do have the finances to pay for my vision because I'm not asking to do all of those things every month, all the time. You know, I, I balanced a budget before we got married. I mean, we can see in our before marriage life and everything. I'm, I'm not an idiot. I know how to look at a checkbook. I know how to look at the, at a bank statement. And so that's our biggest issue, um, financial and otherwise is that we, we, we both will see, you know, however much money is in the bank and I'll see, mm-hmm. oh, wow, we, can, we have a little bit of breathing room. We can spend a little bit. And Matthew sees, oh, we could save more. We could have more austerity measures, austerity measures.
0: <laughs> but before we eagerly dive into their differences, we still need to hear from Matthew and his answers from the homework assignment. This is Matthew's financial vision for the future. I will be able to pay off my debt, cars, student loans, house, hopefully within 20 years. So year 2038. Um we will have enough money saved in retirement to actually contemplate retirement retiring. Um, in my free time, uh, enjoy cooking outdoors, bike hike, etc. Et make things, um, in the workshop in the unusable sunroom and read. I have prioritized family over friends and typically do not want to go out after coming home. The
1: reading part is funny to me. Okay. I go get ahead.
2: time to read. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, with three kids, I'm sure. Um, so, uh, I used to go out a few times a month to a men's club. I hated it. I found I needed some time at the end of the day for me time and wife time. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a recurring theme here that we need to kind of work through and come to a compromise on. Um, and that theme is, you know, sometimes, well, one of you wants to live in the moment and one of you wants to plan for the future, right? And so, and not that both of you don't want to do both, but like there's different priorities, Mm -hmm. right? Matthew and Leslie's priorities stem from their experiences, their past experiences. Therefore, I also asked the couple to write their own money histories, sort of like a brief snapshot of their past experience in relationship to money. I read this responses back to them as well. So my family um, are immigrants to America. So we, are, we were always different. As a child, my parents showed, showered my and my two sisters with love, but not with tons of gifts, but with more with time. My parents met and were married in 1977. I was born in 1979 and they gave South Africa 10 years from when they got married to get better or they were out of there. We came to Tampa in 1987. In South Africa, we lived a really good life. Nice house in a good area. We went two weeks on two-week vacations every summer to the beach and did all the activities. When my family came to America, it was as if we uh, started all over. What money my parents were able to bring out was worth a lot less than the blood, sweat, tears it took to create. One rand equaled um, 38 cents. My father came knowing he had a job, which vaporized when he got here. Also, he spent many years studying and retaking the same engineering exams, which he took in his early twenties, all just to compete and get a job, a good job. This part, my dad trying to so many times to pass this test was stressful. I think that was the main money stress I can remember. My parents taught us to save. We got savings accounts as kids and deposited our money in, our own money into it and saw it grow. This was huge how we spent money. Money was always there for the reasonable things like books. I did not go to expensive all all summer sleepaway camp. I did go a week here and there of sleepaway camp. We did take vacations and trips frequently to visit family in Miami. We took guests from overseas to Disney for the day. Packed our own food. We lived frugally but did not lack things. We did not eat ramen noodles but did not ha- have steak every night either. It was somewhere in the middle. We never spoke about money, how much or how little. We, as kids, knew that you get what you get and you don't get upset and you say thank you. The first years were hard. My dad worked crazy hours. My mom used to work where she was able to. I was quickly domesticated and learned how to cook and help out. <laughs> I like that too, <laughs> I know, and I was thinking that was your gratitude. So see, it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call it domesticated. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) Um, Did abundance or lack of money ever make you feel stressed or embarrassed? No, I learned early on to be self-sufficient. My parents paid for me to learn how to scuba dive when I was 13, and I worked at my uncle's animal hospital to earn enough money to go diving. I never cared what others had or did. I did my own thing. What financial habits do you see in in yourself as a result of these experiences. I am frugal and try to save wherever I can. I give my kids the money education, which I did not get. They help to pick things out at the grocery store and understand how much things cost. I think we can change the word frugal to miserly.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, tomato, <Yes>. tomato. So <laughs> early teens, money was earned, saved up, and then spent. I had goals unwritten about what I wanted and what uh, what I wanted and what I wanted to do. I worked at my uncle's animal hospital cleaning cages and walking dogs. Hard work made me want to save up for the big things like scuba diving and buying a computer. I was not lacking since I had defined goals. College. I worked part-time for the school to pay for rent and food. I saved what I earned and was careful how I spent since I had bills to pay. I did not splurge much on the, as much on the fun stuff, scuba diving, but did go every once in a while with cousins. Once I saw how variable income, uh, how various, variable some bills were, utilities, I found that I was the variable able to control it. I was not lacking, but there certainly was not an abundance. And in my internal dialogue was that a job would be coming and money would come easily, until 9/11 came and there was no jobs, or there were no jobs, and no one was hiring. So I moved back home, my parents moved to Atlanta to save money. Pre-wife. These were the lean years. I tried law school, big failure, and then tried to get a job. Money was very lacking since I had lots of loans and little coming in from odd jobs and consulting. There was lots of uncertainty. I knew something would happen, but not sure what or when. I applied and got into MBA programs. This time period was really hard until a friend helped me get an in with a digital agency. Once I had grad school and work rocking and rolling, life started to get better. I was busy learning and earning. I was saving what I earned and did not splurge. I think the only splurge was going on dates. These were expensive. Dry cleaning, transportation, wait, dinner, etc. Wait, wait,
1: wait. I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to stop you there because we went to dinner for many 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 dates in fact the first date that we went on he said to me are you hungry we met up we met up in times square outside of the toy's r us and he, and i thought we were going out for dinner he said are you hungry and i said yeah whatever you want cuz what woman is going to say yes take me to get sick right <laughs> we kept going for a walk for a very many hours and i was wearing espadrilles <laughs> not walking shoes for new york
2: she looked cute <laughs>
1: Great. So I'm sorry. You have to revise that. There was no money for
0: for dinner. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay. Truth be told. Truth be told. Yep. Um, (laughs) With the wife. This started us money. We merged lives and banks. It was our bills. We had small splurges, occasional dinner out, or sushi. We were both... Is that a lie, too? No, no,
1: no. That's true. Sushi was...
0: (laughs) I love sushi so much. That was like a big thing that we did. I love sushi too. Um, we were both working and watching our cash flow to make sure we could cover all the bills. NYC is expensive. We did not have an excessive abundance, but we were not lacking. We knew that we were on a path earning potential was only, but, um, only, but up for both of us since both were in grad school. Most of the time we were not lacking or wanting. We had our eye on something, which we wanted to save up for and we did it. After having kids, money appeared to go out faster than it came in. This time period, money is more responsibility since now I'm responsible for everything for a little person who requires so many resources. The splurges are fewer and the wanting is greater. And so saving up for the big things, which matter, is even more important. There's one sentence that I want to read because I think it's the theme for Matthew's uh, view on money. And it says save up for important things, don't don't waste money on silly things and watch the pennies because they do add up.
1: Yeah, that's Matthew.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna read yours, Leslie. All right, so I view my childhood in two different stages. The first stage was when we lived in Dallas. We lived there till I was ten. While our home was the largest in a quiet neighborhood, it was still smaller than those of my friends from the Jewish day school I attended. I knew we weren't rich, but never felt that we were denied anything. Money was rarely mentioned in our home. When I asked my parents how much our house cost, they told me it was on sale for $20. I totally believed them and told all my friends. When I was 10, my dad lost both of his parents. We moved to Atlanta to be closer to other family members. My father must have gotten a nice inheritance or my parents had been saving. We moved into a much larger house and seemed to have more money. We were not spoiled, but money wasn't an issue. My mom and I did a lot of activities together that cost money. My favorite was going to the salon every two months with her to get a haircut and then going out to eat with her. It was our date night. I never wanted for anything and I wanted my children and I want my children to feel the same. My parents... Bought us what we wanted, but we never wanted anything so extraordinary. If we did, they spoke to us about needs and wants, and if it was a wise choice. If we still wanted it, they supported that, but we had to pay for it ourselves. I came out of college with debt. All those credit card companies signing us up outside of the dorm or dining hall had me as an easy target. I didn't understand the concept of interest at all. My father helped me get on a budget and guided me to into paying off my debt. Within a few months, I was debt-free and able to live on my own while earning $30,000. I was able to put myself through graduate school without taking out any loans while working full-time. I came into our marriage with no debt, except for a monthly car payment. I was able to live within my means, but only writing checks. I never used a credit card. The act of writing a check helped me see that um, see if I really wanted to buy the item and I balance my checkbook almost every night. Or sorry, I'm reading that wrong. The act of writing a check check helped me see that if I really wanted to buy the item. Oh, maybe uh, you didn't finish that sentence. And I balance like, my checkbook. When you
1: write re- a credit card is like so fast. It's a hundred dollars, who cares? But when you actually write out the words one hundred dollars, you're thinking like, ooh, do I really want yes. to buy that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, I've been doing cash a lot lately, like taking out the cash, and that's yeah. painful too. <laughs> I mean,
1: there were many times that I would be at the bookstore and be like, oh, wait, I don't want those books. I'll just take one.
0: <laughs> yep. Exactly. I Yes. Um, I was incredibly proud of my financial situation. I hadn't saved very much, but I could afford the lifestyle I was living without any debt. If I wanted to buy the outfit, go ahead. Want to go see a show on Broadway? Why not? Matthew and I opened a joint bank account several months before our wedding. We never even considered having separate accounts. Honestly, uh, honesty about money came very naturally to us. We naturally divided the chores and Matthew ended up with opening the mail, balancing the budget, paying the bills. Months would go by and I had no idea how much we had and how much we were spending. That led to some issues. Matthew would get concerned that we had no money left and I was spending all of it. I would feel... That we had lots of money left, and Matthew was nitpicking over every money I spent, every penny I spent. So we started going over our finances every two weeks. We would look at how much money was in the bank account, what expenses were upcoming in the next two weeks, where we would be at payday, and the expenses for the following two weeks. At first, it was miserable. It was miserable doing this activity. As we stuck with it, it got easier and easier. It allowed me to show Matthew that we did indeed have the money for me to spend on X, Y, or Z. And sometimes I saw that we did need to go on austerity measures, as Matthew calls it. Our kids definitely have an understanding of needs versus wants. They use that vocabulary when asking for items. Sometimes we say yes, sometimes no, and sometimes we say yes, but not until next month. They understand that there is only so much to go around. I don't think they feel lacking at all. So
1: go ahead. It's like the single best thing that we've implemented in our marriage. Um, I, I tell all of my friends when when they're having issues with, you know, when girls talk or whatever, that that's the best thing we have ever done. We sit down with, you know, I do it with paper pencil. Matthew does it on the computer and we, we, you know, every two weeks we go over this and it, it used to take a long time. Now it takes us about 15 to 20 minutes. And I used to make Matthew, like we would have to have sushi or like he would make me a special dinner to make it a little bit less, um, kind of make it like a date night. <laughs> that was the mm-hmm. beginning of it. Right kind of a thing to make it so it wasn't so horrible, but it really changed like so much for the better, um, our, our relationship and our financial relationships with each other.
2: Yeah. Awesome. And, and funny enough, I actually used some of my gap accounting knowledge from undergrad of balancing the books that way we would start with cash in, um, plus income, less expenses, and then, figure out, okay, how much do we have at the end of the two weeks before we get paid again?
0: So now we have their visions, what they want for their financial future, their histories, an understanding of where their priorities of money come from. But there's one thing I still wanted to know. Something their answers were hinting at, but needed to be said explicitly. Their money personalities.
1: Well, so Matthew's the the, the, not the saver, but the other one.
0: Security seeker.
1: Yeah. And what was... I forgot what but there's got to be like a, like a, a, like the security seeker was like a saver light. There's gotta be, what's the one that's um, a spender light.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So here's what happens. So you get a primary and a secondary. So like me, I'm, I'm like a total um, opposites, right? So I am a spender security seeker. actually, I would say I'm a security seeker spender on that too. Yep. So I like, I mean, I, my first priority is making sure that I'm good. So I guess I'm probably technically a security seeker spender because I won't like, if I feel like I, I feel like a little nervous about my financial situation, I'm able to put the brakes on my spending. You know what I mean? Like some people aren't. Um, so I, so I, so I'm a security seeker spender and that
1: is a security seeker saver.
0: Yep. I think you're probably right. Matthew, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's the one thing I want Matthew to see is that I am cognizant of our money situation. You I'm are. not just spending willy nilly. He says like, you are, you are, but that's not in the actions that, you know, he, he walks around turning the lights off behind me because, you know, you got to money <laughs> on the, on the light bulbs.
0: That's because you're the variable that's in control of how much your electric bill is. Yes.
1: And his his parents' house also is so dark. You go in there and no lights are ever on. You can't see anything, which is fine because the kitchen is such a mess, you wouldn't want to see anything anyway. (laughs) Because I don't have a housekeeper.
0: My goal is to get them to understand just how they deal with money is meeting a specific need. So wouldn't you guess it, that is what their homework will be for this coming week. The session was ripe with aha moments, for me and for them, and for them about them. I think they're really beginning to understand how they each feel about things, and most importantly, why they feel that way. As you can see, in some of their dialogue, they may understand it, but they're still not at a point where things have changed. This is because change takes an understanding, first of why we act the way we act, and Accepting that as something that is beautiful as opposed to something that is a detriment to their relationship. And we're really not done with that yet. We need to make sure that they not only understand each other's histories, goals, and ideas, but fully understand the inner workings of what needs are being met, where they financially are currently, and form joint financial goals that they're both excited about meeting. But you will have to come back for the rest of the series to see how those things evolve.
1: So we now know how different we are and yes. we'll get to a place where you can tell Matthew how he should change to be more like me.
0: i <laughs> um, not taking the bait, but yes, we will come to a place that you are both happy with. Hopefully. Yes. If you like love then money, do me a favor and tell a friend or five. I'm Azure a. Ashby. And until next time, I wish you both love and money. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,